black thing go from left to right, and I thought, I'm going to die out here. No one's ever going to know. I couldn't believe what my eyeballs were showing me. I'll never forget how evil the eyes were. It was horrible. I mean, I've never seen nothing that evil. It ran towards me at at a rate that I, I I can't even explain. Turned and stared at me, and this look of I just want to kill you. I want to say it was human, but it wasn't. He was he was he was yelling at me to grab a gun, grab a gun. I was like, for what? He said, just grab a gun. And there's footprints all the way to the door of my house. It had went inside my garage, all the way to the door. 911, what are you reporting? Jesus Christ, you better... Sir? Yeah. Hello? Get somebody out here. What's going on now, sir? That son of a bitch is about six foot nine, I don't know. Do you see him now, sir? Yes, I'm looking right at him. Uh-oh. You're listening to Sasquatch Chronicles. Check us out online at sasquatchchronicles.com. If you've had an encounter, email me. My email address is wes at sasquatchchronicles.com. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for being here tonight. Got a great show planned for you tonight. Gosh, it's hot out, isn't it? I don't know where you're at, where you're listening to this, but it's hot. Um, (laughs) Thanks so much for taking the time to listen tonight. Going to be talking to uh, John, and John comes to us from North Carolina, and he he had an encounter back in 1983. He'll be sharing that with us tonight, and then we'll be talking to uh, J.D. over in Kentucky, and he'll be sharing some of his encounters, too, as well. Uh, If you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on the show, shoot me an email. My email address is wes at sasquatchchronicles.com. And if you get a chance, check out the website, sasquatchchronicles.com. I'm not on YouTube. I know there's a lot of channels I'm trying to bring down on YouTube. Uh, So if you're listening on YouTube, I understand, but it's not me posting it. Uh, So if you would, please check out sasquatchchronicles.com. Let's jump into it tonight. I want to welcome uh, John to the show. John, thanks for coming on. You're welcome, sir. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I sure appreciate you being here. Um, if you would, I know your encounter took, bl- took place back in 1983. Uh, walk us into what happened, John. It was, uh, like I said, back in 83, I was 18. Um, me and uh, it's about this time of year. Uh, I guess that's what got me thinking about it. Um, uh, when I sent you that email here a couple of days ago, but uh, um, me and a friend of mine had uh, drove down to this uh, place where the youngins would go to party and stuff, you know, like youngins do. They have these areas where they gather and, and uh, uh, you know, do whatnot, whatever. And um, we had drove down there, and it's a, uh, it's a kind of an old country road, and it goes down, down, and there's this tractor path about 30 feet before you get down to the end of the road. And it cuts to the left, this tractor path. And it's about, oh, 14, 15 foot wide, you know, so they can get their tractor and their disc, discers and everything down there and their equipment and everything down there to, down in the holler to, uh, down by the creek bottoms to, to, uh, plow their fields down there and, uh, Planter corn and so uh, soybeans and stuff, and um, 
So we decided to go down there, um, and it was, like I said, this time of year, and it was kind of warm. It, we pulled down there, and uh, I backed up in there. I always back up in there uh, so, you know, I can just pull out. But I backed up in there about 20, at the most 25 feet. And uh, we were sitting there, and uh, uh, we had stopped by the store and got us a few beers because we was uh, got a six-pack of beer back in. You could buy it when you was 18. And we was going to have a, a few beers there, and later we was going to go to uh, this uh, girl's party she was having at her, her parents' house that little, the kids ain't you know really supposed to do, but they do when their parents is gone. Yeah. <laughs> and her parents had gone on the 4th. And for the fourth of the holiday, and so she was going to throw this party at her house. So we and uh, so we decided to go down there, and uh, there wasn't nobody down there. But uh, we was going to go down there and have a few beers and everything, because everything doesn't get going really at the parties till about eleven eleven thirty at night. So uh, we got down there. It was just a little fourteen. Backed up in there. Like I said, I had my friend Randy with me who's since passed away, God rest his soul. Um, we packed up in there, and um, it's pretty thick timber in there. Um, it's, it's, it's oak and elm and, and big old uh, fir trees and, uh, you know, pine trees and all this stuff and thick scrub and, and uh, across from the dirt road that you get down there, is uh, about 25 yards of, of scrub and stuff, and then his heel goes up 25, uh, 30, 40 feet, and Highway 52 is up there. It gets it gets pretty dark down in there at night. I mean, if there if it's cloudy and and the moon is is not out, I mean, there, back then there wasn't no street lights like that uh, on the streets, and there wasn't no lights much and. Like I said before, I told you, it'd get dark as the inside of a cow down in there. I mean, it'd get pretty dark. And uh, we backed up in there. Uh, my friend, uh, Randy, was sitting over in the passenger side. We had the windows rolled down and uh, had this old car, this old Pinto. And back then, I had an old thing that only had an AM radio on it. So uh, we had a little, back then, the boom boxes was a big thing. So we had a little boom box with us, and we had it sitting sitting down there and, and had the music playing real low. And I did notice when it backed up in there that uh had the windows rolled down because it's hot. And, but I did notice when I got down there that it, it just seemed awful quiet to me. You know, usually down there around the creek bottoms and everything this time of year here in North Carolina, you hear the frogs going and the and the cassettes and everything and the crickets and the tree frogs and and things making noises and it just didn't seem just didn't seem right. It just just kind of wasn't as noisy as usual. It's kind of quiet, which is kind of strange. Hit me at first, and we were sitting there and uh, uh, my friend was sitting pastor side and. Uh, he was doing a nefarious thing sitting there. We had some marijuana, and he was looking down, uh, rolling up a, a joint, which now, you know, in Colorado and out there in California now, you know, it's legal now. But, you know, back then, back then the early 80s and 70s, whatever, pot was the thing, you know, kids and whatever. So we was going to 
smoke a little pot and uh, drink him beers real quick and go over to that party. So he was looking down, and he was rolling it up, and I popped the beer and uh, hadn't drank anything or anything earlier that day or anything or nothing. And uh, I had just turned it up and took a big swallow out of it because it was hot, and I took a big swallow. And as I was coming down with it, I was looking straight ahead. And this damn thing, whatever, walked, well, what struck me first was it took one step. That's what struck me first. It was just one stride, and it was standing in the middle of the road. And this was 20, like I said, 20, 25 feet away. And and I don't know why I thought to myself, I thought, damn, that was a, a long step. Because, you know, it'd take a regular human four or five steps, just regular steps to step something like that. And it squared up to us. I about choked on the damn beer when I was looking at it. And next thing I thought was, God, that's the biggest human I've ever seen in my life. And then I thought to myself, well, that that can't be a human, you know, unless the biggest man on earth is walking around at night with a, a, a full-length fur jacket, jacket on or something, you know. And, uh, and then I thought... Uh, uh, that's, you know, I've seen the, uh, we earlier had seen some strange markings on that road down there, the path, back that tractor path. And what it is, um, I don't know if he was going down there, uh, hunting a deer down there, because I'll get into that about the, the, uh, there was a, a, a factory about, uh, about a third of a mile, or maybe just a little further up from there, as a crow flies, uh, corn products that uh, processed uh, corn and rendered it down into animal feed and such as that. And uh, it it brought the corn on uh, open box, uh, open top box cars. It wasn't corn and cob or nothing. It was regular corn stripped off the cob, and they would bring. I've seen the train. They would bring 10, 12 boxcar loads of corn in down, and the, and the rails kind of followed the uh, the uh, bottom down there, kind of a little bit close to the water. I guess because them train, them tracks and rails had been down there for forever, and uh, I guess it because maybe uh, it was they used steam back in then, and it was a water source, close to a water source. And I guess the the train going through there, the 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 kernels of corn would would shake and 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 whatever and fall out onto the ground. It'd get all kinds of critters down in there feeding on that. Like a uh, like a put in the email, uh, we uh, many a family was fed from the critters took out of there dove and deer and and coon hunt all down in there, and, and uh, it was just you know it was just full of with animals everywhere all the time eating that corn off the ground down there. And uh, and that was the reason why, too, that uh, the farmers would would uh, plant their 
their fields down there by the by the creek, you know, down there at the bottoms, because that's good planting land down there. And they grow corn and soybean and whatnot down in there. But I don't know if uh, whatever, but uh, this thing, which that's the only thing I have, can, Lord, um, stepped out and squared up with us and was standing there just staring at us. And I, I just couldn't believe what I was looking at. You know, I mean, I, 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 I've been to wrestling matches, and I, I've seen The Undertaker, and I've seen The Big Show uh, fairly fairly close, you know, pretty close up to them. And them some big fellas, you know, Batista and all the rest of them. Now, them some big fellas. But now, this damn thing, it probably had, foot and a half, maybe two foot on, on the big show. I'm, at least, I'm telling you now. Yeah, and this, he's, this, he's a big guy, you're this, right. He's a yeah, monster. That, he was what you call, I guess, alpha male. He, he was the man, and he stepped out, and he stood there and squared up with us. And that's what kind of frightened me a little bit, too. I mean, it took my breath a little bit after I choked on that. Budweiser I was drinking and uh, Randy he was still doing what he was doing just you know uh, going doing his thing and um, I could see the hair through what light there was shining from behind him through you know and you could see it you could see the hair draping down his body and the build on this thing, it was unreal. I mean, um, his shoulders was damn near probably as wide as the hood of that pin, old Pinto car that I was driving. I mean, them some big shoulders. And you could just see the, the, the outline of the, the, the muscle definition of his body. You know, the hair, uh, like I said, not for her hair, you know, this, 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 this was, uh, whatever. Cause you know, uh, I've seen the, the, the Patterson footage and, 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 and watched the Boggy Creek movie and everything. And, and that then started filtering into my mind, but getting back to what we've seen, some strange looking prints or whatever down on that path leading down through there. And it was there was a little grass growing up through the middle of that path, not a whole lot because of the as thick as it was back in there. I guess a whole lot of sunlight couldn't get into it. But uh, on the sides there, there was some some impressions, but it was almost like almost like it was trying to, you know, not make a track or something. You know, uh, I I am my own belief that. When they step in something and make a, a good track, I think they've they messed up. You know, I don't think that that they mean to make tracks like that. When people find these, either they're faking them, or these things have messed up. Yeah. When they step and make a pristine track like that, you know, um, uh, it just didn't. And the strides was just unreal between these scuff marks, kind of. These these strange, 
didn't really look like a footprint. It's kind of like they, like I said, they were trying to um, not make them look like a footprint or something. I don't know what what's going on, but it was standing there. And what really freaked me out was I could hear it. We didn't have the music up that loud. And we had the inside dome light on earlier so he could do what he needed to do. And then once he got going good, we turned the light off. And uh, he was standing there, and I could see him clenching his fists in and out. And I thought to myself, uh, this, this, this ain't good. You know, when some, when, you know, like I was telling you earlier, when, when a, a, a human man squares up to you like that and starts flexing his fingers in and out, making a fist and, and, uh, you know how, when some people look at you to get mad, they look at you underneath their eyebrows, you know, they tilt their head down, they look at at you, I had a distinct feeling that's what he was doing. Yeah, I couldn't see his face, but I had this feeling of of uh, of, of foreboding and and uh, dread that something just this just ain't gonna end good here. And um, so, as I was looking at him, um, that damn breathing still comes back to me. I can't get over it. Like you mentioned, like a, uh, a a fat guy running a mile after a couple of ham sandwiches, trying to chase a couple of ham sandwiches for a mile, you know, it, it it just ungodly the amount of oxygen that we're coming coming in and coming out, this raspy sound, and you could actually see his body moving as he was breathing and clenching his fists, and so I. Uh, slowly, I didn't want to make no quick movements or sudden movements or nothing because you know I, that that just wasn't gonna be good. I didn't think so. I slowly moved my elbow over and just kind of elbowed Randy a little bit and told him, whispered to him. I said, "Now you need to look up real slow, and when you do, don't scream." And he kind of chuckled a little bit, and you know, cause you know, what do you mean scream? You know, what the hell am I supposed to see? And um, I said, just do it. So he lifted his head up, and and when he seen it, he ver- he he physically reacted, and verbally reacted. He jerked back in the seat, and kind of. I didn't think that was good either. That way he moved. I don't. I don't know if the, it flinched or a little bit or whatever. I thought maybe when he jerked like that and said, "What the f is that?" and I, and he said it a little too loud. I thought too, and I said, uh, "Just think about it. Guess what what that is. What you know? What does it look like?" And he says, I don't know. And uh, we just sit there staring at this thing. And uh, he kind of slid his hand down a little bit and turned the radio off. Then all of a sudden, this thing, 
started doing uh, weird. He was kind of swiveling his head a little from left to right, almost like a dog does when it hears a sound that it don't understand. You know, uh, you know what I'm talking about. That, yeah, that head movement that yeah. a dog does. Like the curious that, look from a dog when it cocks its head. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like when you make a noise or something or, you know, or your lips or something and it starts kind of twisting its head a little bit. It started making that movement. And uh, I thought, this, 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 this is unreal. I cannot believe this is happening. And, uh, uh, when you when I was a kid down here in the south, your mom always told you don't stay out late at night because the uh, the booger the booger man will get you. Well, we always thought, yeah, yeah, the booger man. Well, well, this is the the this is a definition of a booger man. This is a booger. I mean, this is the booger man right here. Um, it it was ginormous, and uh, it probably went, I don't know, close to 600 pounds. I mean, just just massive. What got me, too, was the breathing. That was spooky, the spooky breathing. And, uh, and it was, it was uh, uh, just a pucker, real pucker moment. All of a sudden, we... Uh, We've been looking at this thing, you know, for a minute, minute and a half, and that really don't seem that long. But if you look down at your watch and you watch all, you let it tick off a minute, minute and a half, that's a pretty good while. Oh, yeah. It's a this lifetime looking at there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That thing's standing there staring you down, clenching its fist, breathing like a, like a bull or whatever. And uh, then we heard this, this, weird noise that sounded kind of like a whistle to its right, our left. And uh, it was coming down kind of like towards the creek bottom down there. And he he uh, turned slightly. And, and like I say, when he turned his head, his whole upper torso moved with his head. Like, because, you know, his, his chin or whatever would run into the huge, what do you call them? Uh, that muscles up on top of your shoulders. Oh yeah, I don't know, I know what, what you mean. Called. Yeah, I know uh, what you mean. When he turned his he- when he turned his head slightly and looked that way, and he did it fairly quickly and then looked back at us because I don't think that uh, he uh, wanted to take his eyes off us for very long. I, the more I got to thinking about it in, in years. Pat and years go along here. Um, they say that I've heard or read and, and listened to stuff that usually the only reason you see these things is either uh, they made a mistake or they want you to see them. Well, you know, I don't think this booger was strolling down, a, taking a nice uh, summer night stroll down that country road, whistling along and just took a step in the middle of the road and looked and seen us and just stopped and said, oh, what's this? You know, I think that by us coming down there and partying, 
Because sometimes we get down there in the summer, and there'll be 12, 14, 15 vehicles lined up up in there, trucks and cars, people walking back and forth, talking and playing a little bit of music. And, you know, we would uh, drink down there and, and, and bring fast food food down there and eat and stuff and uh, uh, stuff like that. And I know that uh, they had to have heard us or, or watched us. And uh, some of the girls that would be down there, Sometimes I never really got the feeling of being watched, but I would have a, a just a weird feeling that we weren't alone, and uh, not just the people other people that was there with us. But uh, you know, I just didn't think nothing about it. And um, some of the girls that would be down there when it was real dark, they would get a really strange vibe. They would say just a strange vibe about this place that. Something just wasn't right. But uh, after that noise, he squared back up with us, and the flexing of the fingers stopped. And now I'm talking about these these were some fingers. I mean, uh, wasn't no claws, wasn't no whatever, uh, couldn't see no claws, but uh, the hair stopped. You could see the hand. You could see a hand fingers and wasn't no hair draped down over the fingers or nothing but it was you know johnsonville brats you know size digits there uh this was uh this was a healthy individual um and i think that he did that to give us a message like uh you're trespassing you know on my turf getting down here making a lot of noise and racket and bothering me and whatever, and I don't like it, and you're, you know, you're trespassing, and you need to get the hell out of here and not come back, or it probably won't end well for you. So that's the message I thought that he was purveying to us, that you need to leave. Now, you know, you know while there's, you know, 20, 25 people down there out wandering around whatever, you know, I don't think that, they 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 probably were around. You didn't know it, but they probably were around. But I don't think you know they would come in on something like that, that like that, and do something like that. But you know, you got just a couple people down there, and uh, he's going to get a message across to you, and hopefully go back and tell your friends that this is not a good place to be because there's a monster down there. And if he wants to, he can probably flip that car over. I mean, this was this was a healthy individual. It it was it it was a pucker moment. Um, I can it, imagine. It, yeah. I can't. I can't. Uh, um, I just can't. You know, it's thirty five years ago, but still, uh, it still it still bothers me. Um, uh, it's well, it's something that will stick with you. I did tell uh, about five other people, and all of them thought I was crazy, except one old boy that I worked with. He said he seen one when he was hunting up in Yakin County. He said, I know what you're talking about. I seen one when I was up in a tree stand hunting up in Yakin County. He said, you know, uh, these things are running around here. So uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. 
Yeah, and, yeah, they're not as know. uncommon as I think a lot of people think. I think people think, you know, I've heard needle in a haystack, and I don't know that I agree with the needle in a haystack. It seems like there's, no. in every state, a lot of people run into them, and a lot of people are aware of them. I think as a public, though, the public doesn't realize that they're out there. It's always people, and I love your encounter. Did he eventually just leave? John, he's standing there. He's yeah, kind of yeah. That, that's up. what I was. That's what I was going to get to. He uh, apologized. Well, after that kind of noise, that it it kind of sounded like a whistle, but a little different. When he 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 turned with his body and his torso and his head and looked, and he looked back at us. He uh, he made this sound like, you know, like when somebody's talking to you and you don't believe what they're saying or or you think they're a goofball or whatever, and you just. With your mouth like that, he did kind of a noise like that, but but a lot with a lot more force and a lot of more aggression, like and it was almost like you know you're not worth my time. Uh, uh, I think I've got my message across, so I'm gonna I got places to go and things to do, and I'm gonna mosey on my way. And I hope you take this message to heart, and uh, I don't want to see you down here no more. If you if you get my drift, is what he was purveying uh, to us. So uh, he just turned, and this is this is still what gets me. Now this, like I said, this is a fourteen, fifteen foot wide road here. He took one stride now. And he was right there, almost right there in the middle of the road. He took one stride, and he was behind them trees. And he was gone. And like I said, the radio was off. And like I said before, it was kind of quiet down there for some reason, which was kind of weird. And no sound whatsoever of him moving off. You know, something that big moving down a road, you seem like you would hear some sort of sound, you know. Uh, it it was just it was just weird. It was uh, strange. I thought. Yeah. Um, no, I know what you mean, John. It's um, and I've said that before in the past too. You know, and I, I know what you mean. You, the thing steps out, and you're like, "There's no way that's a human." It's humanoid like, but it's not a human. It's too big, and it is weird when they move off because you would think it would sound like King Kong running off, and a lot of times it's not. It's you barely hear them leave, and I find that odd. I just it's weird to me. You know what I mean? It yeah, it's a it's a they're a strange. Uh, what the hell ever they are. I mean, um, they're, I think they're some type of archaic human. I mean, supposedly at one time on Earth, there were five to six different type of sapiens running around at the same time. And the last two, supposedly, that was left was Homo sapiens and Neanderthals. And supposedly, it depends on what type, what part of the world you live in, all of us have anywhere from 2 to 5% of Neanderthal DNA in our body. So I don't see how a, a fairly modern human would see a Neanderthal woman who looks like they did, I guess, from the things they show, find them sexually attractive, you know what I'm saying, and actually breed with these things, but they had to us. 
to uh, to have the the DNA in our system. So uh, uh, whatever, but uh, I think there's some type of offshoot of of our family tree that has not been discovered yet that are still out there that want to be left alone, that just don't want to have nothing to do with, with us. I mean, cause whatever we, we, us homo sapiens are the dangerous animal on this planet. I mean, we can destroy this planet. Us, we can destroy it. Yeah, I agree. And whatever. I agree. Yeah. And, uh, so we are very dangerous. We are the most dangerous animal on this planet. You know, I mean, if you're out there in the woods at night by yourself without a weapon or something, you know, they are the big dog of the woods. That's their home. You know, and these people that go out there uh, slapping on trees and hollering for them and putting up cameras and all this stuff and wanting them to come to them, I don't want them to come to me, you know. I wouldn't mind seeing one four or 500 yards away running through a valley or something, but that's fine. But I don't want them coming up on me and them putting the cameras up and stuff, I mean, that's their home. That's where they live. That's their house. You know, how would you like somebody coming in your living room and setting up a camera that you didn't know about in your living room trying to take a picture of you? You wouldn't appreciate that either. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. So you think that they're more of um, like a Neanderthal or a form of an offshoot of us is kind of what you think it is. they are not a totally developed human. They are they are one of the uh, one of the trees in the evolutionary branch that has had to uh, learn how to survive in the environments that they're in. You know, um, whatever. Uh, you know, uh, the what I don't understand is the size thing going on. Why do they have to be that big? Uh, the one they, the one that they, the scientists say the biggest one in our tree was supposedly this one that they found that was six foot tall or a little bigger, and they've only found a few bones of it lately in the last twenty years, and said the bones were thicker, and the the skull bones that they found, the small fragments, the skull bone was thicker, and uh, that it was a a uh, fairly large, heavy-boned sapien. Uh, it wasn't small. It was it was it was large. It was big. So maybe it's that thing that has now uh, uh, evolved into what it is now and just got bigger. Uh, I don't know. I mean, but... uh, Yeah, it's hard to say. uh, You know, like in your situation, John, there is... It's a little bit more than an animal squaring up on you, quenching its fist, getting ready to rock and roll. Um, You know, if an animal's... And you know this. I mean, you're a country boy. If an animal's going to attack you, it's going to attack you. It's not going to sit and think about it. It's not going to sit and calculate in its head. It's either going to leave or it's going to attack you. With these things... It almost like they, it's like they calculate it in their mind. Okay, is this worth it? Is this not worth it? Is this, and that's just me speculating, but in my own encounter, your encounter, a lot of encounters I hear, there's a thought process with these things. It's almost like they calculate, am I going to get hurt 
attacking these guys? Am I not going to get hurt attacking you guys? It's like you mentioned when there's 14 people there. Yeah, people are feeling like they're being watched, but no, nothing's ever stepped out. You get two guys in a car. Well, now it's going to step out and maybe teach you a lesson about coming down there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, because I'm sure that, you know, hunting a deer and, and whatever down there, I mean, as much corn has come off them them rail cars down there on the ground. I mean, the deer were everywhere down there. I mean, just everywhere all the time. You had to watch out real careful coming around that area, anywhere around that plant, them roads around there, because the deer would come in and feed on that corn that was that was shook off of them rail cars that were coming in. And uh, they were everywhere. I mean, not just deer, just, uh, you know, you know, coons and, and doves and rabbits and squirrels and just everything everywhere. Uh, possum and everything. It was it it, it was it was a smorgasbord, really. And uh, so uh, whatever that was that made that sound to him, I guess it was like, come on, you know. Uh, it's it's time to get the hunt started. You need to bring your butt on down here and quit messing with them puny humans up there. And they ain't worth your time, you know. So I guess that's why he did the, like, you know, I don't think I'm going to, y'all just ain't worth my, my time to, to mess with you. Uh, and just turned and walked off. I mean, uh, yeah, no. I don't know if he walked or ran, but we never heard nothing. Yeah, I know when you and I were talking about the uh, the breathing, too, and you're right. It is a very um, – it's an aggressive breathing pattern, but it's also almost reminds you of someone who's sick and it's someone who's pissed off. If you could take all of those, mix it up, that's what it sounds like. It's a very heavy, raspy, deep – Raspy, gravelly. Yeah. Stick sound. It almost like her nose is running yep. or whatever. That's and, exactly right. And, and uh, it's just uh, uh, it's just uh, it's just a, a sound you won't forget when you hear it. Um, just like uh, you hear a slide on a pistol, you hear that sound, you know exactly what it is, and you'll never forget what that sound sounds like. And it's just like that. Uh, you won't ever forget that sound, and if you hear it, you know what it is. So uh, it was it was a. Uh, it was an experience. I mean, uh, these these people that uh, that go out, uh, one or two of them, and don't take no weapons with them, out there thinking they're these uh, these peaceful little forest creatures and want to be nice to them and hug them and stuff. And I don't know. I mean, but yeah, I could see I could see one of these big boys absorbing a, a thirty out six round at at a hundred yards in the chest and running off. I could see that. Yeah, I can you know, too. I could, I, yeah, I could see one taking one in the chest, like from thirty out six. Now, if you was to take a, a four fifty eight Weatherby mag out there and at hundred yards and hit him in the chest, I think that's a different story because you know you've seen on the safari stuff. Uh, them always take them four fifty eight Weatherby mags, and they shoot a bull elephant at seventy five yards and it drops to its knees and falls over. So that's a bull elephant. Yeah, and that's one shot. Yeah. So now you're talking about two different things there, but uh, but uh, I can almost see uh, I, I, these these are the big dog running on this continent. There ain't nothing to stand up to these things. I mean, I, I think 
a grizzly bear wouldn't stand a chance. But now uh, I could I could actually see one of these things running in the savanna over in Africa, grabbing a running a damn rhinoceros down and bulldogging it like a like him uh, boys doing the rodeos and twisting his neck and and twisting it over. You know that's how much power these things look like they have. It's 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 scary. You know, uh, it, it's just scary. Yeah, I wanted to ask uh, you, John. I, I tend to agree with you. I think they don't. I, I've had encounters where people have seen grizzly bears fight these things. Um, there's even old encounters you can read about that, and the grizzly bear generally doesn't stand a chance. Um, how tall was this creature when it stepped out? I realize the lighting conditions aren't the best, but you're still getting a, a good look at this thing. Um, how tall we do you were, we were We were up on a little grade above it. Like I said, that road kind of goes up on a little grade and then crests and then goes down that path um he was at least eight foot probably maybe a little more maybe pushing nine i mean um his his lower body um didn't seem to be as as muscular as powerful as his upper body it was kind of uh different looking almost like a bodybuilder that don't spend enough time on their lower lower limbs than they do their upper body. Um, and his, uh, strange that it looked like from, from his shoulder to his elbow looked like it was shorter than from his elbow to his wrist. If that makes sense. Yeah, that does make like sense. His, his lower arm was longer than his upper arm. And it, his, his hands didn't, hang to his knees but damn near close so uh you know um and uh he was he would probably he was probably in that eight eight and a half foot range this was this was a big boy i'm sure he was the uh, uh the alpha i'm sure he he run things definitely uh his presence um he was an imposing imposing figure um yeah and it's it one, would, it's, uh, it's one of those weird and i'll make it off john but it's one of those weird situations isn't it where you're all it's almost like a mexican standoff it's like who's going to mess yeah. up first who's going to make the wrong move first and who's going to get hurt first and it's a terrible situation to be in because you know your car is turned around and you got to go that way to leave and he's yeah. blocking your way to leave. And so it's this weird Mexican standoff to where I just want to leave. And I know, I don't know if it ever crossed your mind to start the car and just start driving towards him. Um, but I know even in my own situation, it was like you avoid that at all costs. I just wanted to avoid an altercation and hopefully he would move, you know, move along. I'd imagine you were thinking the same thing. You were trying to avoid an altercation and hoping oh, he yeah. would just, just go. Because you're because like, uh, you're right, John. And let me cut off again. But you're right. A minute and a half—that's a lifetime when you're looking at one of these things, and they're blocking the yeah, road. That's like a, a thing I didn't say about where Randy was sitting beside me. And he said, "Well, why don't you turn your headlights on? Maybe that'll scare it off." I said, "Man, are you out of your mind? Are you crazy? Uh, uh, that thing scare it off? It ain't scared." It, it ain't scared of nothing walking this earth, I don't think, you know, that it knows of. <laughs> You're right. And I'm so. not going to turn the lights on. Are you kidding? I mean, that was that was ridiculous. 
And as big as it was and the stride as I've seen it take, it could have maybe jumped or took a couple strides or a few strides, and he'd have been beside us and ripped the car door off or just grabbed me through the window and jerked me out of that vehicle and just popped my head off. And I never really got to thinking about it until later, but I knew he was, we were, he knew we were focused on him. So whatever made that other noise was, I'm sure was another one. So it could have been sneaking up behind us down the, up that road. And he could have come up behind us and we'd have never knew it. And we was focused on him. He could have reached through the wind and just grabbed one of us, you know? I mean, I got yeah. to thinking about that, and that's what really makes me pucker now and start sweating. I mean, that's that's pretty scary because he knew that we was focused on him. There wasn't look, no looking in the rearview mirrors or looking around. My eyes was glued on him because I wanted to see what this thing was going to do because the, the breathing, the clenching of the fists and all this other stuff, I thought I thought it was on. I thought it, it was going to end badly is what I thought. Uh, yeah, that went to my mind. This is not going to end good. But uh, I was just so, so happy when I heard that noise. I heard that, well, not happy when I heard the noise, but happy that the noise come and happy he turned back and looked at us and did the, like, and like, you know, you're, you're just not wasting my, you know, I don't want to waste my time on y'all. But I think I got my message across and, I'm going to mosey on and get on with my business. And uh, y'all just get on out of here and don't come back, y'all. Don't come back now, you hear? Or uh, I might have to uh, put a whooping up on you is the, the, the feeling I got from this this cat. He was he was something. So, yeah, no, but, I understand. And, and I completely get the way he felt, too. Uh, it's almost like you don't want to make the wrong move. You don't want to do anything no. to... Um, you know, and I'm a big guy, you know, and I have no problem holding my own, but this is a different, and I'm sure you're the same way, uh, John, but this is a completely different situation. You almost want to, you feel like a mouse. You want to get out of the situation as quickly as possible. Um, did it ever affect you later in life? I mean, this is 1983. Uh, did you ever go back to that area or go camping? I had dreams about it. Yeah, I've had dreams about it. Yeah, I, I, every now and then I'll have a dream about it. Um, it, 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 uh, or, or I'll hear a noise or, or something like that, or, um, just, uh, I'll see something and it'll bring it back. Something just, oh, a pinto car, old pinto car, and it'll bring it back. Um, uh, you know, now I'm, I'm a, much of a hunter right now but i used to be later after that it didn't keep me out of the woods but i got a salt rifle ar-15 with a 20 round clip with another clip and i carry a, a smith and wesson uh, 40 mag with an eight round clip on my side with hollow points in it so you know if uh if it thinks it can take 40 rounds from an ar-15 and eight from a 40 mag uh 40 uh 40 caliber uh, smith and wesson well, uh, go right ahead. But uh, I think a headshot from anything, you know, you, you take a headshot from AR-15, it's going to hurt you. But I can see, I could, I could see absorbing one in the chest, sure, because this thing was every bit of, 
oh, it, close to three foot thick. You know, when it turned to leave, it was a thick. It was a. It was a thick. Thick. Uh, it just unbelievable. The thickness. Uh, the mus. The muscularity. The the presence. Um, it's unbelievable. Uh, it, I, it's just hard to wrap your 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 mind around these things, because like they say, I always say, how could something that big go undiscovered and live, and and you not run into them all the time? Uh, people run into them all the time, or leave some kind of uh, of evidence, some kind of sign. Uh, I thoroughly believe that they probably bury their dead, or or. Uh, or, or cannibalize them, or uh, you know whatever. I mean, I'm sure they they know what graveyards are. They I'm sure they've watched people stand around and lower this box in the ground, and and they're a thinking animal. I'm sure they know what's going on probably, and that we're burying one of our own. So you know, um, why wouldn't they do the same? Uh, especially if they want to stay hidden and not be known, why not bury their dead? You know? Yeah, you're right. It could be. Yeah, especially hard if to they, say. If, especially if they run around in family units, family pods, they would be fairly close. You know, I mean, they they probably would bury their dead. So, Yeah, I would tend to agree with you. It's, it's so hard to know. You know, it's so hard. It's like I would say it on one of my garage I'm studying, but... Um, it's hard, yeah. it's hard to, it's frustrating when you look at it and I know you remember John, I know you've heard every show, but, um, it, it's odd, isn't it? I mean, just like you said, it, we haven't caught up with this thing, you know, it's, and it's not just here in the United States that always burns me when I hear researchers say, well, it's a needle in a haystack and the needle's moving and they're out, you know, and it's a big area and yeah. well, it's not just the United States. It's in Australia. It's in China. They're almost in every continent. They're out there, and no one's caught up with this thing. I mean, um, I'll go with the needle in the haystack theory for a little bit, but you know, I've been around the block a few times, and you know, there's if this doesn't raise an eyebrow to you, I, I don't know what to say to you because you're right. It's very odd that they, but they do seem very physical. It's like you said the the train uh, portion that you mentioned. That makes sense. I could see a ton of animals being down there and, and eating stuff coming off the carts and as a train goes by. Um, so it makes sense that it would be down there. It's just so frustrating. We can't catch up with them. And your situation, John, could have gone ugly really quick. And you might oh, have really? ended up a missing person. And that's a shame because they don't – no one ever says anything. You know, it's like you would yeah, have just been a missing person and that would have been the end of that. Yeah, it's, it's like these people you always hear about the – Pilates crap about the all these people that go missing in these national parks that they never find hiding their hair of them, you know, like these little kids that are five and six years old and and uh, one minute they're there and one minute they're gone and then maybe uh, uh, a year later, uh, two four or five miles away, a couple range tops, a couple uh, mountain tops over, uh, they find their shoe. You know, well, what kid that age is going to go up a mountain and, and and through a stream and up another mountain and all this other stuff? Why would they go up? Why not down? I mean, why would they do? Why would they do that? Something had to carry it there. I mean, uh, a, a mountain lion 
and usually a bear when they take something down they're going to they're going to consume it right there they're going to you know they might drag it off a little bit if they see some kind of competition around but they're not going to to drag it or carry it miles away you know it's it's going to be a, a you're down it's time to eat you know uh, it's like we sit down at the table with a knife and fork foods in front of us it's time to eat you know uh, it's just strange that all these thousands of people go missing. Uh, I was looking a little bit on that on the internet today uh, about about that stuff. It's just weird uh, that all these people just disappear and they never find hide their hair of them. That's that's strange. It is. And, it is strange. Uh, and it's like I always say, some some of those accounts you, you can realize, okay, the person got hurt. Um, there's other things that can get you besides Sasquatch. You know, Cougar can get you a bear, like you mentioned. But there is those odd ones. Like you said, you're finding a shoe over three mountain ranges away. I mean, and, and it's a kid. A full-grown adult lost in the woods isn't going to go over three mountain ranges I think your average person who gets lost is going to try and find his way back to town. He's not going to start traveling over mountain ranges. Um, just common sense. But yeah. what do I know? You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a strange subject. Uh, but uh, I could see uh, it's like that famous case where that uh, one uh, where they then people thought they saw that one uh, – a homeless person with something thrown off his shoulder up on the up on the uh, hill, running off, and they thought they heard a kid scream or something. That famous case, that uh, that little uh, boy who was seven or eight years old. Yeah, I remember and, uh, that. Yeah. What was it? Uh, they thought it was uh, a bear. Five years later, they found his skull cap or something uh, five miles from there. Yeah, it's it's a terrible story, that. but yeah, the uh, it wasn't a homeless person. The the people that reported it to the FBI um, told the FBI that it was a bear running on two legs and had a kid over its shoulder, and which makes no sense. It was running like a man, and it was a bear running like a man with a a kid over its shoulder. I mean, come yeah. on, that doesn't add up to anyone I, that I can imagine. Plus, uh, yeah, plus the military showing up. Why would the military show up? Now, I understand the FBI. They do all kidnapping cases. But the military, I mean, they might want to help in the search. But uh, just reading the account, the actions of the military were strange, the way they were acting. Yeah, uh, I know that. I know the one you're talking about, too. I can't think of which one that is. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, military shows up, doesn't talk to any of the search and rescue, heads off, and then they come back and they leave. It's almost like they're going hunting. They're not actually looking for someone. It almost appears that they're being hunting, and that and that wasn't, or they're they're actually out hunting. But that wasn't just one situation. That's many situations. There's even up until this day, you'll hear a lot of search and rescue, and special forces shows up and they go out there, quote unquote, to look for the kid. They don't really talk to anyone there. They're out for a couple of days and then they come back and they leave. You're right. It doesn't add up. Why would they do that? I don't know. It's 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 a it's a weird weird it uh, is. <laughs> it weird is. weird world we live in. It sure is. Things that go on in this world is some of the stuff that goes on is very hard to explain. Uh, and like I said, I don't think it's a 
interdimensional being or a or a uh, whatever. Uh, I think it either lives in the treetops or in the ground, a hole in the ground. I mean, uh, usually when you're walking through the forest, uh, you're either looking down for sign or you're looking straight ahead. You're not looking 30 or 40 feet up in a tree. You know, uh, that's just not what you're doing. And, uh, or, uh, and, or like this, they say they just disappear. Well, you know, uh, just like the Viet Cong used to do, they had tunnels all throughout that country and they had them spider holes and they just flip a trap door up and they'd just be all of them and pile down in there and drop it down and they would be gone. They would disappear like ghosts. And, uh, they didn't find that out until later in the war, you know, like in, uh, 68, 69, they started finding all these tunnels, and the tunnel rats had to go in there and, and flush them out. So, you know, uh, that that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. They live in the ground, and they live up in the trees. Um, it's a hard subject to get into. It is a hard so. subject to get into, and you definitely could be right on it, but um, I appreciate coming on, John. I, I really enjoyed... Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate you talking to me. Uh, yeah, it's it's it 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 has affected me um i i have dreamed about it uh i'm not scared to go into the to the woods or nothing but i do go heavily armed it was a a very shocking shocking uh experience just let me put it that way a, a lasting shocking experience i can imagine and just like i said just like i said i think the 4th of 4th of july holiday brought it all back into my mind because that's when it happened around that time of year, and that's what got me thinking about it. And I thought, well, I'll just write in to you because you stay on there, you know, if you've had an encounter or experience and just want to talk about it, let me know. Just hit, shoot me an email. Well, that's what I did. So there you go. Yeah, well, I appreciate it again. Thank you, John. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Have a good night. And remember, if you've had an encounter, shoot me an email. My email address is wes at sasquatchchronicles.com. And if you get a chance, check out sasquatchchronicles.com. Next up on the show, I'll be talking to uh, JD. And uh, JD comes to us from Kentucky. Thanks for coming on, JD. I really appreciate you being here. Well, thanks, Wes. Appreciate it. Honor be on. Yeah, no, the honor's mine. And I know your family, you were actually, I don't want to say well-versed in Sasquatch, but you were well aware of it, uh, especially with what was going on around your property uh, with your family. And before we get into your encounter, do you want to talk a little bit about that, some of the sightings around the property and what you remember of your mom and your dad talking about these creatures being around the property? Yeah, um, where I grew up is uh, right on the border of the Dangaboon National Forest. And uh, there's private property on the outside of the D Boone Forest, and there's a few, there's some parcels of private property inside uh, the boundary of the national forest. There were, there's been sightings uh, and encounters uh, in the, from the 50s and 60s all the way up to when I grew up, and uh, I heard about every one of these, you know, and uh, about half of everybody in my family at one time or another has seen one. And uh, I grew up hearing about these. They would, uh, 
there was even a like a path behind the house I grew up at. The neighbor would throw out scraps. And there was one, when I was pretty small, I was probably about six or seven. Uh, it would come up behind the house and go after them scraps. <laughs> and my, my aunts, my uncles, they've all had their, their fair share of sightings. You know. So I grew up hearing about these. Yeah, so you were pretty well aware of them. And your encounter really fascinates me because of what it did. Um, if you would, would you kind of walk into it? Tell us what you were doing and walk us into what happened. See, this was back in the summer of 95. It was the summer vacation between my junior and senior year of high school. And uh, about five weeks before school started and uh me and my closest, uh, two of my closest friends, you know, we knew the summer was winding down, so we figured we would go camp in this uh, under the cliff. We we got these cliff overhangs. We call them rock houses. We had a couple of regular ones. We we stayed in growing up, and we figured we go down there and uh, spend the night. And a couple of other bo- uh, other boys in our senior class or. Uh, they they asked to tag along, so it ended up being five of us, and we went down there and uh, uh, some built a little fire and sit around, you know, and just uh, we knew that we knew school was starting, and once uh, school was over, uh, we were going to be pretty busy, you know. So uh, we were just hanging out down there, and about it's probably about midnight, twelve thirty. We heard something uh, walking up the path that come from the creek up the holler towards uh, the, the cliff where we were staying. One of my buddies, he said, uh, uh, you think that's your dad walking up here? And I said, I don't think so. Because uh, when we were small, when we were 12, 13, 14 years old and would camp out by ourselves. Uh, my dad's retired Air Force. He would He would venture down halfway through the night and just check on us, you know, when we were young, but he had quit doing that several years before. And I told him, I said, I don't think, I don't think so. Unless there's an emergency or, you know, something's wrong. And, uh, the footsteps sounded a lot heavier because I'd heard, I'd heard everybody walk in and out of there and it just didn't, it sounded way heavier than one of us walking in or out. And, uh, yeah, they didn't pay no attention to me. And they, they they just assumed that that's who it was, it was my dad or something. But whatever it was, walked up. It walked up uh, directly below the rock house, and there was uh, poplar trees. There's like poplar trees, uh, a little bit of a hill coming out of the rock house, and it stopped right behind the biggest poplar tree, right right dead center, uh, down below the rock house about 75 feet it just it just stayed down there and never made a move or a sound but we uh we had these big d-cell those old-fashioned flashlights big d-cell square battery flashlights we took a couple of them and um me and my buddy we we stepped out from the cliff to get away from the campfire try to let our eyes adjust a little bit so we got out about 16 18 foot from the edge of the cliff there and uh, we were shining, we were shining flashlights down there. This thing was peeking out a little bit at a time. It peeked out with its eyes closed. It popped its eyes open, and they were fire red. 
with the flashlights, you know, reflecting off of them. And then it would, it would go back behind the tree. And uh, when it would peek out, you could see a bit of its right arm, its right side of its torso just a little bit. It did this about three or four times. Uh, I'd say about 12 minutes, something like that. It, it went by. And it finally, it just took, the, took it upon itself to just step out from behind that tree completely and just stare us down. You know, of course, it was looking upwards. We were looking down at an angle towards it. And it just, uh, it gave us a good 10 second uh, view from head to toe. And it never, it never growled, it never showed its teeth. It just, it just had like a stern look on its face. And it was just kind of sizing us up and, and letting us have a gander at it. I never, I never laid eyes on one. Uh, this is my first time seeing one, and it was this was pretty close, you know. It's just 55 feet, you know, 60 foot at the most. Its its head was its head was bald, rounded like a human head. Its uh, face uh, human human looking face, very human looking face. Uh, looked like an older man, and uh, you know, 70. 80 year old man had wrinkles. It's, uh, it had a little bit of hair above the ears. The ears were small for the size of this thing seven foot two, seven foot three, 650 pounds. Uh, gray white hair from neck all the way down to its feet. Its ears were just, you know, not proportional for the size of this thing, but instead of elongated cartilage like ours, they were more round. And, uh, but, you know, I, I could see him clearly. And the hair, the hair above its ears was short anyway, and then bald on top. And it had, uh, it had like these mutton chops on the sides of its cheeks that they just kind of grew that way naturally. And I uh, never opened his mouth, uh, you know, the nose, uh, the chin, everything. It's, it's a human looking face of an older man. And uh, on the body of a, of a very big animal. After about 10 seconds, he just stepped back behind that tree and uh, never made a move. Just silently stood behind it for for quite a while, you know. And uh, we eased back up into the rock house as we didn't know what it, what it was just going to do, just stand there forever, you know. We didn't know how long it was going to stand there. But as soon as we got back up and eased back up into the rock house, it took off on a diagonal and went out of the holler. It didn't go back out the path it came up. It went on diagonal. It's uh, the only, the only you know, vocalizations really it made was kind of like sounds of like, you know, like aggravation, irritableness, you know, like kind of like huffing, puffing, like, like it wasted its time coming all the way down there. And it, it, it pushed a few of those treetops that had been torn off in the winter storms. It pushed, you could hear it pushing a few things out of its way uh, as it uh, headed out, but that's the only sound it made. It didn't sound like it uh, was too happy or, or pleased to, you know, that we were down there. But, you know. Yeah, and I would imagine you're not really 
you're in shock, but you had heard about this most of your life. You'd known family members had been feeding these things, and now you're actually looking at one. I would imagine you had some shock looking at this thing. There's always some shock looking at this thing. The part that I find fascinating is I know you'd mentioned like an Irishman, uh, you know, very human-like. You're looking at something that's very human-like in the face. And it's fascinating, too, you, you thought it was old. But what was it about it that made you think it was old? It had uh, uh, a picturesque uh, face of an, of an old, of an older gentleman. It was the uh, the, the wrinkles around the eyes, just a, just uh, just just like a, an old grandpa, you know, just that that face, you know. Um, it uh, it seemed to be kind of sizing us up, you know. It, it was like kind of, kind of it was a stern look. So, you know, you know, it kept it, it kept looking real right at me and him, and like it was kind of make, trying to make his mind up, you know, you know how aggravated it was going to be, uh, but the face just looked like a an older distinguished gentleman in a way, you know, except for those big mutton chops kind of uh, that hair was you know uh, inch and a half, two inches long on the sides of the cheeks where it had like them crazy looking. You know, not sideburns, but like those old uh, biker gang uh, mutton shops. But uh, just uh, it had the had the wrinkles of an old man. Yeah, just kind of had that appearance like he'd been around the block a few times um, mm-hmm. and not so much young. Yeah, no, I understand what you mean. Um, so you guys go back to the, the rock outpost. Um, was there – or the overhang. Did you guys decide to leave for the night? I mean, were you guys stressing out or – what was kind of going because I know you had seen it two other times, but that's a we can get into that in a minute. But what's going through your mind at this point? You're like, I'm just going to pack up all my crap and get out of here. Forget this. You know what I mean? I mean, or are you thinking that was well, that was the first time it had come down. That was the first time. Uh, that was the only time it ever stepped out away from the tree and did that and like offered a view of it, a full on view of it. The following two times it didn't do that. Uh, the, the following two times, it it came up behind that same tree, peeked out a couple of times, and then went off and didn't spend much time. Uh, less each time, you know. So the second time, you know, eight ten minutes, you know, twelve minutes. And then the third time, five minutes tops. So that, that that was the one and only time that it stepped out from the tree and just kind of, you know, you want to look at me, look at me. You know, you know, it wasn't, it was, you know, but it wasn't aggressive, you know, but that was the longest and that was the most, the, the best view, you know. Well, so and what happens to so the second, third time? So you decide to, you guys eventually leave at some point and how much later do you go back for the second time? I realize you don't get quite the view you got the first time, but how much, what kind of a time frame are you going back and why do you go back? Well, um, we, we, we spent the night. I didn't, I don't believe I got any sleep because it was really, it was kind of exciting. I got a, I got a pretty good thrill out of it. I mean, it was, uh, it was, uh, there was apprehension and there was, you know, but I, I was next to, you know, I had some, you know, we had guns and I wasn't alone. If I'd have been alone, it'd have been a whole different story, but I, I got, you know, it was exciting. And, uh, you know, a couple of us just wanted to, you know, see if we could see it again. You know, we didn't really think it would happen. 
you know, mathematically, you know, statistically, we just didn't think it was probable that it would happen again. Uh, but so it was two weeks later and, uh, we, we already had stuff down there in that rock house, you know, everything we needed. So we just, you know, went on down there again, spent another night and, uh, it was 1230 came and went and I thought, well, it probably, it's probably not going to show about one thirty. Right after one thirty, I heard I heard the same footsteps coming straight up that path. You know, same path we used to go up there, and uh, it, it came right up to that same big poplar tree. Stood behind it, peeked out about two or three times. You know, I shined flashlights down there, and, you know, red eyes. You know, and then it stood back there and didn't pop out again for you know a few minutes. And then it it kind of eased back away, and then went off on that diagonal back out of the holler. It didn't uh, it didn't make as much you know noise heading out that time. It didn't seem to be as aggravated the second time when it headed out. And I was I was excited again, you know. And we tried. I mean, we tried to get like somebody to loan us a camera, but we're 17 years old. You know, we don't have the money to buy one. Nobody would nobody would loan us one. So short of stealing one, you know, I I, I couldn't come up with one in that short amount of time. And that uh, it'd been nice if I could. But uh I was just excited to see it a second time. I can imagine. And before we go into the third time, because I think you brought a skeptic with you, um I wanted to ask you, before you go into that, um what 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 do you think's going on with this creature? Do you think it's just coming down, check things out? Obviously, if it really wanted to turn this into a complete S-storm, um, it would it would make itself known and scare you guys out of there. And it didn't doesn't really seem like that's what it was doing. And I find that, and it's odd because you mentioned it being older. And you hear that a lot of times with older creatures to where, uh, and I've talked to many, many witnesses, and I'll ask them, well, what made you think it was old? And then basically from their descriptions, you can tell it's old. But you don't quite get the aggression you do with the older ones as you do with the younger ones. But what do you think it was doing? Just coming down, seeing what you guys were doing, and then it was piecing out, going off to do whatever it was doing for the night? Yeah, I believe uh I believe it had been up there and probably seen where we had we had stuff sitting around and had had uh, kind of arranged the rock house, you know, to make it more comfortable. So it seen a presence of humans up there in that in that rock house. And then it, it's probably, it's hurt us. It's either hurt us coming in that evening um, before the sun went down or it's, it's, it's hurt us up there, you know, uh, you know, five of us talking and it echoing out of that cliff. And it's, uh, it's, it's just wanted to know what was going on. And, and that's why I think it just, it just walked straight up there and didn't, didn't uh, waste its time trying to sneak up or anything like that. It just, it boldly just walked up, you know, and, uh, directly behind that tree to to look right in that rock house to see what was going on. And I think it I think you could tell that, you know, even though we were seventeen, we just turned seventeen. If, if it was a, it was an older one, I'm positive it was a an older one. Uh it, it knew we were we weren't doing anything to to bother it really. And uh I think it was just I think it was a little aggravated that uh it even took the time to go over there and see what it was. And I think the second and third time, it was just kind of 
double checking, you know, you know, same, basically the same situation. And it just, for its own peace of mind, I suppose. Yeah. And I know you're 17 at this point and you're about ready to go off into the military. Um, this is kind of a one last ditch trip to go have fun with your buddies. Um, and, and I think you're right. I think it was just kind of curious. And as you and I were talking about the other night, uh, you know, a 17 year old, I see a 17 year old kid, you know, and I see a kid. I really do. I see a kid. And maybe it's because I'm older now, but, you know, I see a, a guy in his tw- early 20s and I see a kid. Um, and maybe that's how he viewed you guys. There's really no threat here. You guys really, you guys are shining flashlights at it, but no one's pulling a gun. No one's really freaking out. Um, and to your credit, I think some of that has to do, I know we had really didn't touch on a lot of it, but it has to do with, what was going on at your property, which what really wasn't too far away of these things coming in and, and feeding them. And, um, you know, even your neighbor was, I think, unintentionally feeding them. Um, but tell it before we get into that, tell us about the third encounter. You went with someone who they didn't believe in Bigfoot, correct? Uh, no, uh, they, uh, I don't know how they'd heard about it because I certainly didn't go talking to my peers about it, but this person was in the, the same grade we were getting ready to go in their senior year and, and uh, not somebody we you know, hung out much with. And they, they just, they just came up and asked us, you know, they said, uh, I, you know, they want, they said they wanted to go down there. They wanted to see this thing. And uh, I guess, so I guess one of the others, you know, hadn't, hadn't mentioned it to them. I, I really wasn't planning on a third trip down there. And uh, he he was pretty insistent. So I thought, well, it'd be kind of fun to show somebody that's never seen one. That'd be kind of, that'd be something different, you know. And it probably won't even show up anyway. They're just, you know, what are the odds of that? So we took him down there. There was just three of us. We had our guns and everything. And it, it was pretty warm, so it was just a small little fire built. And uh, we waited and waited and waited, you know, and it's like 2.30 and, and uh, he was, he was getting pretty disappointed, you know, and I was just like, yeah, and it's not going to show up, you know, it's, you know, just call it a night. And, and we, we actually laid down, you know, not hadn't went to sleep, but I had laid down. It was about like, 10 minutes at the most uh, after we laid down and I, I heard it walking right up that path, but this time it was a little more subdued. It was uh, taking its time, uh, being a little bit more quiet, and uh, it, it eased up. The same place, you know, and I, I, I handed him a flashlight, and I said, well, there you go. Let's step out here and you know, outside uh, underneath the cliff a little bit and, you know, see what we can see. So we shined it down there, and he got a he got a he got a good glimpse of his right like his right arm, and it peaked it it peaked out three times, uh, briefly, you know, and the way it would do it, it was like it, it did the same every time. It would it was eyes would be closed, it would lean out, and then it would just pop its eyes open, and then close them, and then go back behind the tree. It, it just did it the same way every time, and uh, then it. I think it turned around while it was behind the tree and then went you know, directly away from the cliff, you know, farther away into the dark. And then it, it kind of turned and went on its little diagonal up out of the holler. And uh, he wasn't too pleased with what he got to see. He was kind of a complainer, 
and uh, and uh, whined about it. You know, he just he didn't get to see everything, and and uh, wanted to go back down there again. And I told him he was free to go down there as many nights as he wanted. But uh, the three was enough for me, and uh, it was tough getting any sleep that night because uh, he was uh, pretty disappointed. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, the, these things aren't toys. They're not going to come out and do a dance for you, you know, and I think that's what sometimes a lot of skeptics think. They're going to come out and show themselves to you or dance for you, and it couldn't be farther from the truth. Makes you wonder, though, why I didn't step out. You know, the one thing I find fascinating about uh, your account, J.D., and I, you and I talked about this the other night, is um, with I, I'm starting to think with older ones, they become more predictable in what they do. And here's what I mean by this. I had a gentleman on the show one time, and he was talking about I think his four-wheeler broke down. And when his four-wheeler broke down, he was trying to find um, – he was trying to get back home. So he starts walking down this trail. Well, this thing starts pacing him out all the way down the trail, pacing this guy out. And I told you this the other night. He goes to this hermit's house, and the hermit uh, – he knew the guy. He said the guy had lived there, you know, gosh, all of his life. Just this old old man that lived down there. And finally the old man said to him, "You and so what are you really here for? And he said, do you want to know what's following you out of the forest? And the, the guy looked up at him. You know, he was just a kid at the time. He's like, yeah. And he said, oh, that's um, – and they had a name for him. I don't remember what the name – they actually named him. And they said, oh, it's just so-and-so. I don't really know what he is, but he's older now, and he's no, he won't harm you. He'll pace you out. He'll walk you out. But he just – he's more curious than he is anything else. I've never seen him hurt anyone, period. And it makes you wonder, as they get older, do they become more more predictable in their movements, like him coming back behind that tree every time, coming up the same path every time? I don't know if that was more of a logistical decision as opposed to predictable, but I think as they get older, they become more and more predictable. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. If, they, if it's got that much in common, like with facial features, and that one had a very human head and human face, um, now, if you took this, if you took its skull off its shoulders and put it next to a, an adult male, you know, human male skull, it might have had a, a bit more mass, uh, maybe a, a little bit more circumference, you know, uh, around the skull. But uh, it was, you know, basically a human face. Uh, if it's got that much in common, then uh, you know, predictable behavior in later years, I could, I could definitely see that lower testosterone. Um, and now uh, everybody talks about it, and I, I agree with that. Uh, usually, when you see one, there's another one somewhere nearby. And uh, I would, I would generally, you know, ninety nine percent of the time, that's that's what I would bank on. But with this, uh, I I just had the the gut feeling that this was a lone ranger. That this one, this one wasn't. Uh, it wasn't with the posse. It. Uh, and it might have been why it was it was you know more free to come down there you know uh, whenever you know all three times it's because it wasn't dealing with uh, others of its own kind it was kind of on its own uh, I just had that feeling uh, older ones like that might break off from the pack I don't know yeah it's hard it's really hard to say it's really hard to say I like the fact that it didn't show any sort of aggression towards you. 
I wish more encounters were like that, but they're not. I would say most of your encounters are not like this. Um, and in this one, you know, I think there was a perfect storm. You know, it's an older individual, probably does not really want to fight, sees a bunch of kids down there. You guys are really no threat to him at one, you know, one bit. And I'll come check it out, see what you guys are doing, and then I'll peace out and do what I'm doing. So I can kind of see that, you know, with an older one, you, you do hear reports like of being of them being a little bit more gentle as they get older. I think, you know, as they're uh, more of the alpha male, the younger, you know, kind of like humans, you know, a guy in his 30s and a guy in his 70s act completely different, completely different people. Mm-hmm. And it makes yep. me wonder about these things. What, what do you think Sasquatch is, JD? What What's your honest opinion? Well, I've uh, you know I've watched uh, modern modern science, uh, you know, mess about uh, with uh, gene splicing and stuff, and um, I, I'm I'm I kind of come down on the side that uh, quite some time ago, fifty thousand, you know, sixty thousand uh, years ago, that that there was uh, something similar uh, going on, and that these are kind of a uh, a biological construct, you know, something, something put together by, um, by us or, or who knows, but uh, probably us. And, uh, you was telling me a story about a, a the Marine who was an atheist and uh, he, he called these uh, things abominations and, uh, which basically, you know, something that should not exist. I just, uh, that's exactly how I would describe it. If, if something was, you know, an artificial construct, you know, a chimera or or something like that, then it uh, it it wouldn't have existed if not for the interventions of of people doing things, you know, for their own devices or reasons I don't know. But uh, now we've got to deal with them. Now we've got uh, we've got all this wilderness, you know, we're blessed with all this wilderness. But every time you go out there, you've got to think, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm not alone out here. I've got to go back and get my extra gun and, you know, keep my eyes open. You know, I, it's, it kind of it kind of steals the peace away in a way, uh, the great outdoors, when you, yeah, when you know does. these things are out there. You know, you know, it's hard to say what these things are. And abomination sure seems to uh, put the nail on the head. But. You know, I got to be careful. Like I said, until I have one in my garage I'm studying, I, I really don't know. But I appreciate you coming on and, and talking about your encounters. And, and all three of them, are, are they're fascinating to me. You know, it makes me wonder if this thing had seen you before or knew where you had come from. Or There's so many unanswered questions with it. But I really appreciate you taking the time to share it. Oh, thank you, Wes. Uh, I'm glad, glad you got a chance to come on. You know, I'd like to encourage anybody that's seen one or run into one to come on the show thanks jd and that's it for tonight everyone remember if you've had an encounter shoot me an email my email address is wes at sasquatchchronicles.com if you get a chance please check out the website sasquatchchronicles.com for additional member shows until next time everyone
Spill a little wiser.